So you've decided to implement new technology into your multifamily building, or perhaps you're thinking about implementing technology across your entire portfolio. Where do you start? What integrations will I need? And how will the overall implementation go? Today on Solving for Multifamily, I'm joined by Sean Sowers, owner and founder of ResTech, really creating and tailoring a custom technology roadmap that ultimately leads to measurable success. So if you like today's episode, hit the like button, share with a friend, and as always, thank you for listening. Well, thanks, Sean, for joining me today on the podcast. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So I know we had a chance to meet through a a mutual friend, but um, I think we had a great conversation the other day around some of the uh, topics you're seeing, you know, relative to technology and the adoption within the industry. But before we get into it, why don't you introduce uh, everybody to who you are and what your company does? Sure. Yeah. So we're we're ResTech. And uh, so ResTech is a trusted partner for real estate companies, uh, helping them make technology decisions to more efficiently operate their business. Um, We know that technology is a huge distraction for the groups that we work with. And our goal is to remove those distractions. So allow them to concentrate on what they do best. And traditionally, that's buy, build, invest, manage and sell assets. We kind of work on two sides of the house. One is, is more of the traditional consulting. So that's what my background is for 25 plus years. That's business consulting, strategy, uh, management consulting, getting into the data layer and doing KPI reporting, driving their business toward a true data-driven decision-making business and helping them uh, with those strategies. So making sure we understand the health of our business, uh, the health of our resources, and being able to uh, do that through data. Um, And and that's been something that, again, for, for 20 plus years, we've done for every other industry. It seems to be an inflection point right now in the real estate industry as well to be able to do that. The other side is prop tech integration. So um, it's a big push right now. I think technology is becoming a big part of really all real estate, but specific to uh, to multifamily. So we've built roadmaps for virtual leasing. So from the time a lead enters your ecosystem to the time you sign a lease, being able to do all of that virtual without face-to-face interaction. So that could be uh, enabling chat and text channels, uh, smart locks, self-guided tours, uh, being able to integrate those products. Um, and then another uh, big piece of our business is uh, centralized lead management. So we're seeing a push of, of pulling some of the leasing out of traditional leasing centers and enabling uh, CRM systems, call centers, pulling together customer orchestration, which really hasn't been part of you know the multifamily space to date because of the kind of the short window, but really enabling real estate companies to allow technology to do a lot of these things that traditionally were done by uh, their own resources. Yeah, yeah, that's an impressive amount of uh, different ways that you're you're really kind of interfacing um, both on you know the traditional side where your business has come from on the data side. But then when we're talking about multifamily, you know, virtual leasing gets so many questions around virtual leasing. And what's really interesting is, you know, I kind of walked into it from an access control perspective, you know, given my background, but there's just so much more than access control. Don't get me wrong. I think a, a good virtual leasing experience can be made better with seamless access at the you know at the property uh, perimeter and into the units. But beyond that, everything that goes along with that, from background checks to uh, the ability to to sign the lease or you know wayfinding, all of those things are going to be tackled by technology. You know, I think one of the places I'd like to s- start, Sean, is maybe relative to virtual leasing and some of the other things that you see you're tackling. I believe that one of the big motivators that I'm seeing out there is that companies are trying to get to scale. And, and I think there's two areas to maybe unpack there. The first is scale from the size of their business. I, I'm seeing a lot of companies start acquiring units. It feels like we're going into more of an acquisitive state versus just build out. And so reinvestment in their businesses. And then beyond that, 
an investment in technology. And I think when you can get to scale and have the right technology stack in place, you can start to really leverage some of that efficiency and, and then leverage some of those technologies, whether you're talking about self-guided tour, or virtual leasing and other things. Are you seeing some of those same trends in the space? It's really twofold to your point. There's the groups that we're working with that, for instance, you know, here in Indianapolis, a group, Virgin Health, they, they came to us and said, hey, we're, um, you know, a certain number of units today. We'd like to double, triple, quadruple that over the next couple of years. We know we have, you know, again, uh, a certain number of people that, that are, are part of that process from the leasing standpoint, from the, you know, the on-site perspective. One, we don't know if we could hire enough people to be able to uh, service all of that. Two, the expense and the training and the, the overhead that goes along with that is something that they're just not traditionally set up to manage. You know, these groups are, are multi-billion dollar asset management groups. But when you look under the covers and you get internal to their corporate structure, a lot of times they're pretty lean and they've got a, you know, an infrastructure that doesn't necessarily support 1,500 or 2,000 people in the field. You know, you've got to be at a point where you're ready to adopt some of this stuff. But if you've got this plan to scale as quickly as what some of the groups that we're talking to have, They've got to be able to adopt technology or they're never going to be able to do it pace that they want to do it. The other side of that, we're seeing some, some multi-generational real estate companies that we, we work with. They were able to be the size that they were when their grandfathers had the company, or when their fathers had the company. Now that there's more competitiveness in the space, you know, they're not stealing properties because they knew someone who owned it. They're, they're acquiring properties and having to split that cost across their portfolio. And what we're seeing is they need to be larger in order to be able to do the same things that their past generation uh, management has been able to do. So again, it goes back to technology that in order to be able to do that, they know they can't purely rely on just the human capital. Technology has got to be a part of it. And, and quite frankly, it's just, it's very difficult to get the resources they need, you know, with the Amazons and the Walmart fulfillment centers and everything else that's out there. Those jobs are really difficult to staff sometimes. Yeah, I think it, and it kind of presents a, a good time and a good opportunity. I agree. I, I, I hear a lot about it's hard to get labor off the sidelines or it's hard to fill their, their roles. There seems to be a, a movement towards if we can leverage technology to help us kind of right size some of those problems, I think that would be a good thing. Maybe digging a little bit deeper, uh, I have to imagine then as you start to talk to some of your clients, you may find that a lot of their properties and their operations are pretty decentralized. And, you know, when you take a look at it from that perspective, whether you're talking about access control, whether you're talking about data management, you know, CRM systems, whatever it may be, if it's all decentralized, I have to imagine it's going to be really hard to, to tackle and it may feel overwhelming on um, what are the first steps? So I have to imagine technology and, and all the benefits, there's got to be a lot of confusion when you first interface with your clients. There is. And, you know, one of the things we, we found is that asset management groups are enabling or they have in the past, at least they've enabled either regional managers or property managers to make decisions that they're not really equipped to make or have time to make. You, know, you shouldn't expect your property manager to be able to go out and figure out exactly what the right access control system is or uh, what the right contact management strategy is. That's just not really part of that skill set. They need to be able to manage you know, leads as they come in and then uh, existing tenants. So that's you know what we've done is come in and said, hey, if we're having this problem at this property, we're probably having it at majority of our property. So let's make a decision across the board to, to go in a certain path. And, and we did that with you know, access control specifically. So knowing that you know, we could distribute different technology at different properties as long as they had the same backbone. So 
going out and, and doing that roadmap and understanding what the actual issue is, as opposed to just solving it once. We've solved it a number of times by, uh, you know, bringing it into the, you know, at the enterprise level, as opposed to the property level to be able to solve that stuff. And then also put people in charge of that, again, at the corporate level to make sure that we're getting appropriate costs, the appropriate technology that solves more than one problem, that we have visibility. That's one thing that, you know, was kind of shocking as well, is that with all these disparate technologies that were being put in to the different sites, you know, corporate really had no visibility into what was being done or you know, think about access control. If we had four different systems that were managing that or five across the portfolio, being having to log into different systems and, and do different things becomes a distraction and, and, and more time than needs to be. If we can, you know, build a common framework to be able to support that stuff. Again, back to the efficiency part of running our business, that's all going to become much more efficient and distributed. You know, technology is going to help us solve those issues. Yeah. So if I heard you correctly, then it sounds like maybe a better way to think about it is technology is there. If adopted correctly and set up correctly from the foundation, it's there to help supplement your current onsite staff while giving that visibility or leveraging the enterprise to, to make some of those bigger or broader decisions. And then at the end of the day, that allows you to do a couple of things, right? Maybe it's helping you know, streamline your vendor community and leveraging some of those contracts you have now against not not a property, but portfolio of properties or against your entire enterprise as well. And then that can lead to better benchmarking, right? And and so it gets back to the core of where I think your business started, which is, you know, then we can really dig into the data because I have to imagine once you can get to that level, once you understand, you know, what's being defined as successful at one property, can you benchmark that? Can you leverage that across your, your portfolio, it, it allows that operational efficiency to really gain. Is, is that a fair assessment? hundred percent. So, you know, again, for the last 20 years, we've done this with other industries and, and you would never site to site put in drastically different technologies, have a different strategy. Real estate's always kind of been a little bit different because of the investor base that goes into each one of the different properties. You may have several different LLCs. And, and even though we're under the same umbrella, maybe there's technically competition from the, the group across the street, even though, you know, the parent company is the same because they're different. And so there was all these distractions to, to and reasons why we didn't want to do certain things and we couldn't share information and we... And you know, we couldn't you know, kind of come up with a holistic solution across the board. But really, once we got down to it and the asset management groups finally figured out that, you know, if one of us is doing well, we're all doing well. This is good for the, you know, the entire group. If we solve this now, we can lower our cost and allow our, our management staff to focus on what they think is important. They start to get the big picture. Again, not being that different than, say, a travel company or an insurance company. Again, I think real estate sometimes has a... Um, feeling that they're, you know, just so much different than everybody else. But really, I think they've just now figured out that, you know, if we approach it the same way and we solve these problems the same way we have other places, you know, we can really put something in that's efficient, that's, um, you know, timely and, and really help them solve those issues. Yeah, we've seen some of that as well, uh, especially most recently with, you know, the advent and the adoption of smart locks and then looking at, you know, all of the different databases, for example, that are required to run your access control for the building, right? And, and you know, we've counted on on average two, three, even four. We've seen as high as seven different systems. All that have to be touched just to move a resident in or or to turn a turn a unit. And, and it's no longer acceptable. At least what we're seeing with the clients that we're talking to. That why should I be touching up to four databases, all needing about eighty five percent of the same information just to manage my business? And this is not intuitive. This is not efficient. How do we train against all of those? And each one of them are are completely siloed and the interfaces aren't, you know, it, it, 
aren't the same. The it's just making our life a lot more complex. So I have to imagine then if you kind of zoom out just beyond access control and look at everything that's involved in running a property, you have to find a ton of different opportunities in, in that space to say, okay, there are areas where we can consolidate and, and make your life that much better. If you think there's four to seven just with access control, you throw the rest of the technology on there. We're talking potentially 20 plus per property. And then the lost data. You think about the lost data that goes with that as well. So, you know, they're they're looking at each one of those different systems and trying to pull a piece or two out of that and maybe even throw into a spreadsheet, but they're not able to look at data across these systems. And I think that's a piece that's that's really being missed. And I, I talked about earlier, you know, driving these companies toward data-driven decisions as opposed to being reactionary. The number of times we, we talked to a group early on and, and there was either the gut feel of like, that's a great, I feel like this is a great property or this is a great opportunity. And you ask why, like, where's the data to support that? Every other industry would say you're crazy if you didn't have you know, X, Y, and Z in place to be able to support that. Where and with real estate, because they only looked at a certain system and got reporting out of systems, and there were so many of them without being able to pull it all together, that was kind of what they had to do. So being able to look and create a common platform, not only for your access control that has multiple access points, but really for the business as a whole. Like, let's pull all that together to be more efficient. Let's automate a portion of that. Let's get, you know, reporting that supports multiple systems. All of that stuff enables us to really not only run our business more efficiently, but run it more, um, you know, run it better and also be more strategic. So we're no longer being reactionary to things that happen at the end of a quarter, end of a a month. We're being strategic and making decisions mid-month, mid-quarter, to make sure that we get to the end, uh, the finish line and we're successful for that for that period of time. So with all the decisions to be made and with all the different opportunities and different things that you can go tackle, is there a common starting point? Have you created a, a playbook or could you share, you know, where do you advise people to start? Because I have to imagine it, it's got to look pretty overwhelming if you really start to dig in. It is. And and, and that's, um, you know, our initial business, you know, again, when, when we get contacted, sometimes it's, hey, we want to put smart locks in at this property. And, and my first thought is, that's great. And I think that's a good idea. But let's take a step back, right? Let's let's assess. Let's do a technology assessment of everything you already have. We may already have a solution in-house that another property is using that can solve this specific problem for this property. So let's look at our entire business and our technology stack in general and make some decisions. And I like to work backwards, really. So you know, if we look at, you know, where do we want to be in 18 months? Do we want to have a full virtual leasing model in place with a call center and be able to do customer orchestration for our inbound leads, right? If we, you know, if that's the playbook and that's what we want to do in 18 months, then we start to work back from there and say, well, if we're going to do that in 18 months, then in in three months, we better have a good idea of what our requirements are and we better have an idea of who the vendors are that we should be able to select. You know, in 12 months, we better have an implementation plan and a good idea of you know how we're integrating this into our existing process. And then those last couple of months, we're looking at change management and who we need to hire and, and, and who, you know, who needs to be in place to be able to pull this off. So, you know, it's, it's extremely overwhelming. Like most problems that, you know, we come up with day to day, we look at it from above and we think, oh my goodness, how am I going to solve this? It's overwhelming. There's no, you know, there's really no place to, to start and, and, and how do we figure it out? But if we break it up into these chunks and we understand what the finish line looks like, we understand what the checkpoints look like, it makes it much, 
more palatable to be able to tackle. The other thing I would encourage people to do, and we've seen this a number of times as we've talked to different groups, is as they tackle technology problems, make it a job description. We have way too many uh, instances where they want to make it someone's part-time job. They, you know, they're, they're run very lean and they say, you know, hey, you know, so-and-so is an asset management. Like, I think they're, they're into technology and they'd like to help out. Well, that's great. We'd love to have the help on that. That can't be part of their job. It can be part of their, they can be part of the steering committee. Um, they can be part of what, if it really is their job, let's change the job description. We can't, but, but the moonlighting um, in a technology integration, one, it's going to push out your timeline. Two, the costs are going to go way through the roof because you're not focused on it. And three, if you really do successfully integrate it, it'd be a miracle. I've run into that, you know, hey, I've been uh, volunteered or voluntold that this is now my my part-time job. And, you know, that's where I see most of that confusion. You know, if I can classify the, the different type of buyers we see, we must certainly see those that have a vision and they're great, right? And, and they're, they just want to know, hey, can you help me make my vision a reality? And, and then, you know, here's here are the things that I require. Here's part of my vision. This is the technology stack. You know, where do you interface with making my vision a reality? And then don't make me look bad, right? That's essentially what they want. But all too often, especially uh, in this space, what we've run into is, you know, this is my part-time role or someone said, hey, we need smart locks or they're interested in how to make self-guided tour work or something along those lines. And this is not their day job. And they're super confused. I mean, to your point of just taking stock on what you have, And then really trying to help define if there are those smaller pieces to make that initial stack. What are things that are important to you today? What are your must-haves versus what may be on your roadmap, but you may not want to enact right now, but you want the flexibility to get there. And then what are the ones that ultimately everyone says, yeah, I, I need that. But when you really discuss it with them, maybe it's not as important as they thought. I mean, we see that so often in what we do just on the access level, right? We generally ask, you know, are you running a property management software system, right? What's your PMS? And then what are you doing for perimeter today? Do you have elevators in your portfolio or in your building? And what's your approach for the unit? You know, are you obviously generally with us, we're talking about smart locks, right? And then beyond that, do you have aspirations to get to smart building or smart apartment? And, you know, are you planning on leveraging self-guided tour? Do you have distributed Wi-Fi or plans to get down that path? And then ultimately, are you looking at a one app application, right? And or a resident experience app. But when you break it down to these are the kind of things that these are the pieces that make up an access control centric stack. And you break it into what do I need today? Where would you like to go 30 months from now, 60 months from now, whatever that timeline is? You can start to build that foundational piece. So I think your approach makes a lot of sense. And it most certainly helps the person who is really confused and it's just a report out to someone within the organization to make that decision or at least start making those recommendations. Because what I've found is if you can't break it down into those elements where they can consume it, they just freeze up and then they'll they'll defer, right? Well, we're not going to do it on this project. We'll do it on the next one. And, and the next one either never comes or you lose that opportunity because someone else can come in and articulate what those values are. Are you seeing a lot of those same type of things? I have to imagine on a much broader scale based on everything you guys tackle. Yeah, absolutely. So that the idea of when do we do the project, right? And being able, you know, it's it's there's always an excuse or a, an issue that comes up that kind of pushes it down that road. The groups that are successful with it, one, 
They understand what the problem is. They may not always be able to t uh, articulate it from a technical standpoint, but they can tell you, we don't convert enough leases, right? We, we have all these leads that come in, and for some reason, our lead to lease conversion is super low, or we don't renew very well with existing tenants, or you know, we haven't been able to distribute uh, or, or you know, have success with uh, self-guided tours. So they can come up with what those individual problems are, don't always have a technology solution for that. And again, that's kind of where we play in that space is, am I, uh, you know, when I, when I started this company, was I a, 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 an expert in access control and self-guided tours? No, but I understand technology and I've solved technology problems for 20 plus years. And, and did I always understand exactly what was going on in the technology from a, you know, a deep dive perspective? No, but I understood what the problem was being solved and how we could solve it. And I could understand what vendors could help us solve that. Yeah, I think that's really important. And maybe one last thing I'd like to highlight or have a conversation with you around, which is, I think it's really important as the industry continues to look at technology that we start to delineate the difference between this is technology that is core to my business versus this is technology that's core to helping me run my business, right? We see a lot of people out there because some of this adoption is so brand new. They're trying to tackle it on their own. And I'm not quite sure everybody has to go down that path, right? There's a lot of great technology out there. I think there's a lot of great places to start, but I think core to property management, if I was an owner, core to my business is attracting and retaining residents, right? And then help me understand what technology is out there that allows me to build the experience I want. I, I'm not quite sure I'd want to get into the technology myself. And I think we're starting to see a lot of that today, that the technology available out there is starting to mature, but you don't necessarily have to wade into this and, and build it yourself. Absolutely. And I, I wouldn't recommend, I mean, who wants to be, a, I mean, other than maybe you guys in the hardware side, but uh, you know, I, I don't have any interest in building a software company. There's, it's a ton of money. There's, there's a million ways to fail. You know, that's, that's really, really difficult. You know, I have an interest in growing an opportunity to help solve those technology problems by making that translation between what the problem is from the asset management group and what technologies could help solve that and me being the translator that sits in between it. We see a lot of times where the asset management group again, internally can articulate what they need to happen. They maybe not, they don't know the true cause of it, but they can articulate it. They can't necessarily go to a technology company and tell them what they want to do. Uh, on the on the reverse of that, a technology company comes in and does their demo, even a you know real estate specific, and everyone's head spinning and they have no idea, you know, it looks cool and they'd love to do it, but I don't know what it does for us. So sitting in kind of that middle and being the translator between, uh, okay, this is our functional or our business requirement. How do we turn that into a technical requirement and find the right vendors for it? I'm not trying to sell you, a, you know, a specific lock or a specific solution. I'm trying to find the right partner that we can integrate with that solves the problem for you. Being, you know, the, uh, you know, the trusted partner, uh, you know, like the, that we like to call ourselves, that's exactly what we're doing is we're trying to partner with you to solve these. And then what we do is we go through a change management. A truly successful integration for us is figure out the problem, help them solve the problem, help them then staff someone who takes over the ownership of that problem and then move on to the next. Staying around and, and perpetually trying to solve the same issue over and over and over again doesn't do any of us any good. Yeah, I think that consultative approach and, and really getting down to tell me how I can help your business or where, where your pain points are and, and let me bring kind of best in class solutions to you makes a lot of sense to me. Maybe one last question leaning forward. So in, in your exposure and what you're seeing today, what's next, right? What's the next technology or what's the next problem that needs to go get solved, right? I'll give you an example. Today, we're, it was package management uh, and it's, you know, package management is still a, an issue and people are, I think, are getting closer to 
what this may look like in the future, but self-guided tours really exploded coming out of the pandemic. What do you think may be next? Yeah, we're seeing a lot of centralized lead management. And I would say, you know, it, it engulfs, you know, several different technologies, but we talked about some of the constraints on, you know, the workforce and, and being able to staff a lot of these, you know, leasing offices. If we have an opportunity to bring that more in-house, instead of managing, you know, 300 or 400 different leasing agents, we're managing six or seven or 10 call center agents. Our training's much better. We've seen significantly lower turnover rates. Our inbound lead conversion to tour is 35 plus percent higher. That then conversion from tour to contract is almost double what we're seeing in the traditional model. You know, one of our big goals is to help people with their in-channel leads. So if I've got someone that's on our text stream, on a chat, uh, you know, calling us, we should be able to respond to that 24 hours a day, whether it's automated to some extent to get them enough information to fill out a guest card to get a tour, or whether it's a physical call center in-channel. The second they leave our channel and they leave us a message, they ask us to call them back. The sales cycle is so small within you know the multifamily leasing space. By the time we get back to them, they forgot who we were and they've made other decisions. So being able to tackle that piece of it, I think is huge. You know, and then it also enables you to let your on-site staff deal with on-site issues. They're not dealing with the cold lead that comes in who's just asking for pricing, or maybe it's even just a competitor to see what your pricing is. That stuff's all going to the centralized lead management process, and, and they're dealing with those. We don't flip the leads over then until they've booked a tour, and then we get that touchy-feely of texting outbound to say, hey, we're looking forward to you to come, you know, coming into the office. You know, We know you have a dog, you know, and, and we can't wait to see them as well. Like Then that process starts where we're, you know, we're not losing that touchy-feely. We're just allowing them to focus on you know, most likely to lease leads, right? And then it also, it enables us to be able to manage our existing tenants. I mean, in every industry they say, right? Like the best customer is the customer you keep, right? It's, it's much more expensive to get someone new. So renewals, you know, it allows you to be focused on that experience. Like everyone wants to create an experience while they're out here. This is someone's home. You know, this isn't a hotel that you're staying at for a week or two or whatever. This is a home and let's not treat it like it's any commodity. Let's treat it like someone's home. So I think centralized leasing is the big push. If I, you know, the groups we work with that are scaling really, really quickly, this is what they're putting in place. It's CRM, it's call center, it's customer orchestration. It's, you know, again, all the things that we've seen in other industries, specifically travel, you know, and, and insurance and, and, and those industries is all filtering down much smaller window. You know, we're not talking about weeks or months of a window here. We're talking about four or five days. That most likely people are making these decisions, but it can still be put into a process that's very technology driven, very personalized still, because we know a lot about the lead. And then also, again, letting our existing on-site staff really deal with the issues they need to and not and, and really filter out the noise. Which brings us all the way back to then you can leverage the data and get back to scale, right? So, hey, Sean, it's been a great conversation. Enjoyed having you on the show. Love to have you back. But before we depart, someone want to find out a little bit more about you and your company, where can they find you? Absolutely. You can find us online at restech-llc.com. That's R-E-S-T-E-C-H-L-L-C.com. Uh, you can find myself and the company on LinkedIn or feel free to shoot me an email. It's Sean, S-H-A-U-N, the number one at restechllc.com. Well, enjoyed the conversation today, Sean. I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. So thanks for joining today's episode of Solving for Multifamily. If you like the episode, hit the like button, share with your friends. We'll see you next time.